Glory to God in the highest. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you for, hey, that's only once a year we could do the special scripture reading. So you guys did really well. And uh, I know we uh, um, want to make it special with reading all of the scripture uh, of Christ's birth uh, in our Christmas Eve service. And uh, just, uh, we do have, uh, I have one more song to sing, but uh, I don't know about you, but uh, Christmas is my favorite time of year. How about you guys? Anybody? Or some people will get depressed around Christmas, but Christmas is my favorite time because just because celebrating about Jesus, you know, um, the gift of God. And uh, I just want to ref- do some reflection this morning on um, on the birth of Christ. And of course, you know, I was looking back as far as things I've done in the past, and uh, uh, I've never really taken a lot of time to reflect on on a lot about the, uh, everything about the Christ, uh, birth of Christ. Um, if you have your Bibles, uh, you can follow along with me. I want you to turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. Gospel of Luke chapter 2. And I want to sort of use as a, uh, you know, uh, normally we go through books of the Bible, but for Christmas, for Jesus' birthday, well, we're going to pull out all the stops, you know, and just kind of just celebrate and uh I don't know about you, but I can sing Christmas carols all year long, you know, and they're so, it's interesting, I was, I happened to turn on, I never turn on, uh, like, the other stations, I don't watch a lot of TV, and I'm watching some big star, she sings, she's not Christian, she's singing, if I said her name, everyone would know her name, she's singing Christmas carols, you know, on national TV, that the whole world is singing, and I'm like, does she realize what she's singing about Jesus, you know, about God in the flesh? God, the very, uh, the very Son, but in Matthew, in Luke's Gospel, rather, and uh, we read this. I'm not sure which you all read this portion, but it says in verse eight, in the same regions there were shepherds. This is outside Bethlehem. That the Christmas morning wasn't a, a very busy morning for many people. It wasn't a very uh, expectant day, let's put it that way, for many. People are growing up, their business, they're just living their lives. But in a, in, a, in a little village, in a hamlet, if you want to call it, of Bethlehem, that maybe had four or 500 people living there, I mean, not even on the blip of a map, the Savior of the world was born in a place no one really paid attention to. On a quiet and cold evening, Many of us, uh, our friends who are living in other parts of our country are under frigid cold right now. And this, this particular morning, or evening rather, it says in the same region there were shepherds staying in the fields and keeping watch over the flock by night. And the angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for I behold, behold, I bring you good news, good news of great joy. How many guys could use good news? When you turn on the news, that's all you see is bad news. Amen? Good news. Some people are skeptical. I don't believe in good news. Well, you want good news. There's good news right here. The angels are like, listen, I'm telling you, this is good news of great joy. This ought to get your giddy up going, right? which will be for all the people. 
For today in the city of David, there has been formed for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And then later on, the other angels join in. There's probably myriads and untold numbers of angels at the scene telling the shepherds, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. And then the shepherds said this. Let us go, verse 15, let us go to Bethlehem and see the thing that as the Lord has been known, made known to us. What did they see? They get to, they get to Beth, now Bethlehem, small town. It's called the city of David because that's where David was from. There's another city of David by Jerusalem, which was more popular, but they knew the city of David where David was actually from. And there's this baby. He's in a manger. We call it a manger. We think of a house. I have my, my piano. I have a manger, a structure. But a manger really was a stone structure where you would put hay to feed your animals. And there, the Son of God is sitting there. What's he doing there? Who is this? This is Jesus, the Savior of all mankind. Amen? From the first sin of Genesis chapter 3, God made this promise. He says, I'm going to send one born of a woman who's going to crush your head, servant. In long anticipation of all the prophecies, there's many prophecies we can talk about, but this is the Savior of all mankind. That's why the angel told Joseph, hey, and told Mary as well, hey, Joseph, he, she's going to bear, bear a son. And you're going to call his name Jesus, which is a form of Joshua, which is the Lord's salvation, right? And he will save his people from his sins. You talk about the gift of God. We need salvation from sin, amen? I mean, there's some gifts that people give you and you re-gift it later on to some white elephant gift, you know? Jesus Christ is that gift that is permanent and it's eternal. Our lives are like a blip on the screen. You take advantage, you think that your life is going to go on, but at the end of the day, Jesus Christ, he's your savior He's the one that God has given. Here's, here he's full, totally, totally wrapped, the Savior of mankind. Jesus, the Son of God, that's who he is. Peter would, would, would confess, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's the light of the world. John begins his gospel and he says, hey, listen, in him was light and, and in him was the light. Of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put sure the scripture here now. I'm gonna, let me just read it for you. I told myself I don't only have 15 minutes, but I have more than 15 minutes, okay? Because I have enough time to, to preach a little, little sermon out here, pass out the candles, and we can sing, uh, to, uh, sing, sing um, Silent Night. But in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness. This world needs light, doesn't it? The world cannot create its own light, and it can't create its own life. It can recall things and redefine things, but only Jesus Christ is the light of the world. That's why he says, I'm the light of the world. He walks after me, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, here we are. What's the, what's the, uh, what's the, what's the Christmas hymn? The Christmas hymn that says, the world that lay in darkness. We didn't sing it today. Okay. Oh, holy night. How's it go? Okay. 
He's the light of the world. He's the eternal God. Isaiah the prophet, that wonderful prophet, declared that he would be the Prince of Peace and the eternal God. In fact, John says that he is the he is in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. This is Jesus Christ. That's who in the, who's in that manger. That's the baby that's sitting there. He's the great physician. He would come and heal people's physical elements, but he would also heal their spiritual elements as well. He's the resurrection and the life. You don't, you don't realize what you get in a little small package, do you, right? But in Jesus, you get so much. He's the one who possesses, whose very words are the words of life. The disciples said, you have the words of life. When he speaks, there's life that happens. How many of you guys have, have t- testimony when you're reading the scripture, something's happened to your spirit as you're reading the words of Christ? This man speaks like no one else. No man spoke like this. He is the offspring and root of Jesse. He's the prince of peace. A child, Isaiah, 700 BC, Isaiah said these words, for a child will be born to us and a son will be given to us, given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. We, the whole world's looking for peace, isn't it? Any of people promising peace there, peace therapy? No, only Jesus Christ. He's the Prince of Peace because he gives real peace, genuine peace, first peace between you and God. And all of us who have been born have been born at odds with God, enemies of God, separated from God, sinners away from God. And Jesus Christ is God's peace child, so to speak, to make peace between man and God as he anticipates work on the cross. He's the Prince of Peace. You can't have peace unless you take care of what's dividing you and God. And this child is born to die. We all celebrate on the little baby thing, you know, but he is a, he's not a baby anymore, is he? No. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He is our Redeemer. He is our, the author and finisher of our faith. He is so much more than just a baby. And what's, what's, what gets me about this is that he's, not only, he's a king of kings, he's a lord of, lord of lords. And he's born in such humility. He's born in a little quaint town that no one paid attention to. The Magi came to to King Herod and said, where is he who was born king of the Jews? And Herod thought, I am the king of the Jews. What are you talking about? And Herod was a crazy man. He wasn't even Jewish. He was only, he was from the sons of Esau. But Jesus Christ, who's king of kings and lord of lords, that's who who he is in this crib. Why is he there? Oh my goodness, we could spend hours talking about the prophecies, amen? I mean, you could talk, you could talk about eight of them. You're going to spend all day. From Genesis 3, as I said, he would crush the serpent's head. The Lord said to the serpent, because you've done this, cursed are you more than any cattle of the field. And on your belly, you're going to eat dust. And by the way, I will put men between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. And he, speaking of Christ, will he'll stomp on your head. That's why later on, Hebrews talks about that he himself uh, likewise partake of, took, partook of flesh and blood, 
and that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil. And 1 John 3, 8 says that the Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. He came not just to be a baby, but to do some work, amen? To do some real destroying. And some of us have, our lives have been ruined by the devil's work. And Jesus came, he says, I came to claim those for my, for my, kingdom, my father's kingdom. I can't claim to give them life. Many of us, he's given life, came to be born. It was prophesied that he would be born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, whose, whose existence was so small that even my friend CL pointed out to me yesterday, we were talking about this. He goes, when you look at Joshua, and Joshua does his numbering of all the tribes and all the cities and all the villages, Bethlehem doesn't even make a list. It's so small, it doesn't even make the list as a town. If I'm having my, my son to be born as a savior, I'm sending him to Jerusalem, not to some place that no one forgets about, people forget about. But Jesus Christ identifies, he identifies with the forgotten, those who aren't even thought of, the rejected. He doesn't come with pomp and circumstance, he, he's just born. In fact, Luke's gospel is very, very, he says, in very only a couple, and when it came time, she gave birth. When the days were fulfilled for her to give birth, she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in cloths, laid him in a manger, because there was no room in the guest room. That's it. That's so simple. Just happened. And you guys know the story. 700 BC, the prophet Micah would say, said that he would be born in Bethlehem. 700 BC, 700 years before Christ. Christ is born probably about 4 BC. Let's say 700 years before Christ. Prophet Micah says, as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one will go forth from me to be a ruler in Israel, and his going forth are from long ago. In other words, he preexisted his days from long from the days of eternity. That's why when they came to Herod and say, "Where is he who's born king of the Jews?" Herod said, "Priests, scribes, where is the where is the?" Uh, he suddenly became southern here. Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? They said in Bethlehem. And I'm thinking, well, if you guys know that, why aren't you guys there? They weren't expecting it. He was born in Bethlehem, and we know according to Colossians. That he does, his days were from before eternity. In 700 BC, the prophet Isaiah declares and prophesied that he would be born of a virgin. Therefore, Isaiah 7 says, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. He would be the mighty God. He would be the heir to the throne of David. David was promised there will be somebody on your throne, David. In fact, that's why Matthew starts his gospel. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Long promises, promises forgotten by so many years, God had not forgotten. He would be the anointed one, and he would come to die. We know that he would die for our sins. Jesus Christ came to be born, but he also came to suffer for our sins the psalmist in Psalm 22 describes the death of being, of being crucified on the cross. Isaiah the prophet describes the fact that he would bear our griefs and our sorrows. They would be pierced through for our iniquities. 
this little baby who's sitting there is there to fulfill prophecy, to fulfill God's word, that God's word is true. Amen? He came to bring light to those living in darkness. He came to bring life to those who are dead. He praying, he, he, he says, you follow me. He prayed, came to bring direction and clarity to those who are wandering. He's the good shepherd. So many people live their lives aimlessly, not wondering what they're for, where they're, why they're living, what their purpose is. Jesus Christ is your purpose. Jesus Christ came to be that good shepherd. It's interesting that he appears, and I'll get into this in a second. He, 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 he identifies with the shepherds. He would die for our sins. He would be buried and resurrected. And lastly, his birth anticipates his death. Watch this. Here's his baby. At his birth, at his birth there's a Joseph, and at his death, there's a Joseph. His dad, Joseph, not his real dad. We know his real dad is God the Father. But Mary's husband, jo- Joseph, the one who raised him. God uses that Joseph in his life to bring him to Nazareth and bring him to Egypt. Later on, there's another Joseph at his death, Joseph and Arimathea, who comes to Pilate after he's been crucified and says, let me take the body of Jesus. And Joseph prepares the body of Jesus and puts it in his own, into his own tomb. Jesus is so poor, he has to borrow a crib for his birth and he has to borrow a tomb at his death. Both are made out of stone. Here the word of God is placed and here the lamb of God is placed. They took babies and they would wrap babies in, in cloths, kind of like, remember when your babies were younger and you wrapped them like a tortilla, like a, like a little burrito, so they would feel secure, they would feel, that's what they would do. They would wrap their babies so they feel a little secure and, and be all safe and everything. And here Jesus is wrapped as the w- same way he would die when, when he's wrapped for burial with these strips of linen. He didn't come just to, just to be a baby. Mm-mm. It's interesting that taxes, and the question, taxes always get me, you know. Taxes brought his family to Bethlehem to be counted. And taxes were one of the accusations. They accused him before he was crucified that he didn't pay taxes to Caesar. You know, crazy things like that. But Jesus Christ, who's identified as a king, where is he who's born king of the Jews? And then just as he's being, he's being questioned by Pilate, Pilate says, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus says, yes, I am. He's a king at his birth, and he's definitely a king at his death. They understood who he was. And Jesus had to borrow no place to lay his head. No, he had to borrow a place to lay his head. During his life, he said, I have no place to lay my head. And in the death, he had to borrow a tomb. I don't know about you, but Jesus identifies so much with the outcast, with the lowly, with the poor, with the humble. He's a savior for all mankind, he says, right? Amen? It's hard to call God humble, but that's a humble God. Where, where God allows himself to, humi- to be humble, to be born of a baby, but then to be humble, to, to live the way he did, and to even wash his disciples' feet, and to willingly give himself in somebody else's place. You see, that's love. That's humility. He's called the Son of God, both at his birth and at his death. At his birth, 
The angel said, The Holy Spirit, Mary, will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And this, for this reason, the child will be called the Son of God. And there he is. There's a centurion at, his, at the cross. And as he's taking his last breath, the centurion says, Certainly this was the Son of God. And I think it's interesting that there, there's an angel that appears at his birth to those who would be a witness to his birth. The angels appear and they say, hey, now fear not. And their angel appears to those who will be the witnesses of his resurrection. They'll say, hey, fear not. And it's interesting, he appears firstly, who are the first people who are witness to his birth? But shepherds. Now in their society, shepherds were very beneath people. They weren't liked very much. They were unclean. In fact, they weren't even allowed to be used as, as a witness in a court of law. They were outcasts, and yet Jesus picks shepherds to say, I want you guys to be the witness of my birth first. At his death, the first people to be witness to his resurrection were women. And where women weren't, they weren't like, we, like they were lower some of them were considered property. And many of them, you could, a, a woman's word in the court of law was not, was not very heavily weighed. Interesting that God would purposely use the, the, the ones that nobody wanted to use as, hey, here's my, here's my son, the shepherds and the women. And both had the privilege to say, here's Jesus, the son of God being born. And here's Jesus, the son of God being resurrected. Isn't that the grace of God? Isn't that the grace of God? To choose the most unlikely? Not the people that get all the attention. Those of us who get no attention. Those of us who are ignored. Who maybe, we have no idea that God watches over us. That God loves us. That God cares for us. That God gave his son for us. The gospel is simply this. That Jesus, that God gave his son for you. And there's so much wrapped up in that wonderful present, amen? It's going to take you a lifetime and then an eternity counting to really up unravel what's all involved. And my, my question for you is, will you accept God's gift? Will you accept God's gift? The gift of this child who's now a man, who's now at the right hand of God the Father, having risen, and now... Angels take his, and angels always took his orb. But now, as victorious Lamb of God, who's, who's conquered sin, hell, and the grave, this child, Jesus Christ, God's gift to the world, gift to those who would receive him. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask you to pray along with me. And then we're going to light a candle. We're going to sing Silent Night. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful gift of your son. Maybe there's somebody here in person or maybe somebody watching us who's never really accepted this, the gift of your son. They lived in darkness, separated from God because of their sin. And your word says that when we were enemies of God. Father, you sent your son. Lord, I pray for those that the Holy Spirit may be drawn.
to receive this wonderful gift into their lives entirely, to repent of their sins, to turn from darkness, and to accept Christ as the light of life. This child, Lord, you were a baby. Yes, you came to those who were unexpecting it, to those who maybe didn't have the attention or the love, but you decided to give your son, allow your son to live in such humble circumstances from his birth to his death. This gift, Lord, I pray that there would be people watching that would accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And Lord, we just celebrate his birthday today. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you willingly came and you knew your mission and you accomplished that mission on the cross. And we give you praise, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't we stand up? That is like the shortest sermon I've ever preached. But that, guess what? It's about Jesus, isn't it? It's about the gift of God's Son. The gift of Emmanuel, God with us. Listen, none of us are promised long, long length of days on this earth, are we? I, I just heard of somebody, of somebody that, uh, well, I, family member, somebody I know has died yesterday. Um, the other person I, uh, I knew would just, listen, be ready now. Don't put it off, you know? What more can God give than his own son? And now, because he's given his son, there's rejoicing. Good news of great joy, amen? Wonderful news of great joy. Well, God bless you guys. We're gonna sing Silent Night, and, and uh, I'm gonna try to do this. Um, I'm gonna light this, and I'm gonna pass it, and we're gonna do is, as to keep your candle, everybody keep your candle straight, and the person giving you the light, let that person dip towards you, okay?
as Lord at thy birth. Lord, for your fact that you came, you lived a perfect life, and you allowed yourself to be sacrificed on the cross. Lord, thank you that you are the light of the world and your hope of the world. Lord, help us to reflect on and receive this gift, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that this is good news of great joy. Help us, Lord, to walk in celebration. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone now, very carefully, blow out your candles. <laughs> and uh, Gavin, if you can come with the bucket and maybe collect these. Thank you, everyone. This is, uh, I know this is once a year we do this kind of thing. Now we have, can we, let's do this. Let's sing happy birthday to Jesus. And then. We sing happy birthday to Jesus, right? Let's do that. How many of you guys have done that before? Sing happy birthday to Jesus. Hey, hey, if it's happy birthday, it's happy birthday, you know? Okay, Nick's going to lead us, right? Or whoever's on my mic. All right, Zane's back. Thank you, Zane. Say happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jesus. Happy birthday to you. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, and we've got another one for you. Happy birthday, dear Harriet. Oh, Harriet's birthday. Happy birthday, dear Harriet. Happy birthday, dear Harriet. Happy birthday to you. Anybody else's birthday? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. God bless you guys. Say, let me just pronounce a blessing. And then, by the way, we could just put the chairs away and that's it. I'll come, we'll come back uh, in a couple of days. We can... We can leave stuff set up, but it's just the chairs we'll put away. Uh, Father, I just thank you for this day. I ask your blessing, everyone here, Lord. Fill everyone with your Holy Spirit and with the spirit of, of joy. And as, as you have told, you told Moses to, to tell Aaron these words. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in Jesus' name. Amen. The Prince of Peace. Amen. God bless you guys. Listen, we're not having service tomorrow, nor on New Year's Day. I might have a little devotional video I'll put out. Let you know.